living word out of the same Jesus Christ. Amen. I have a friend, well, I had a friend, unfortunately died a few years ago, who um, I knew was a student and she had triple nationality. And she used to joke that if only her mother had been Irish, she would have had quadruple nationality. And that this caused her great amusement. Could this be? Well, her father was a senior RAF officer who was the liaison officer to the USAF base uh, in Greece after the war. So we're talking about 1948 And he was living with his wife on that USAF base outside Athens. And she was born. Well, the Greeks said, Well, you're born in Greece, so you're a Greek citizen. The British said, You're born to a Serbian officer on overseas duty, you're a UK citizen. The Americans said, Stop that, this is a United States base, you're a US citizen. And she said, If only my mom had been Irish, I could have been an Irish citizen as well. Um, I think she had to come to a decision when she was 21, I suppose. Uh, she was going to have. Being a citizen usually means you have a right to be there. And that letter that Paul uh, wrote to the Christians in Philippi refers to them as actually, well, he refers to them in this context as a citizen of heaven. But they wouldn't have known particularly what that meant living in Philippi, because Philippi was a Roman colony. Just like Gloucester, Cleveland was. And if you were a citizen in Philippi, you were a Roman citizen. You weren't expected to live in Rome, in fact, you, they wouldn't want you to live in Rome. The idea of all this lot, the hoi polloi coming back to Rome and uh, getting, getting in the way, was not what they wanted. And just like in Gloucester's case, it was, a, it was a city and land given to soldiers who had come to the end of their service in the Legion. They were given Roman citizenship and citizenship and a city to live in, Cleveland, which was to be a colony of Rome. It had Roman laws, it had Roman customs, um, and it was entitled to be defended by Rome as well. So if they were in trouble, that was where Metcalf would come from. But the last thing that Rome wanted was for the citizens of all these colonies to come back to Rome. You know, who would want? A relatively small city has suddenly discovered that many hundred thousands of ex-soldiers had turned up. That was not going to be an easy task to handle. And in fact, historically, that actually had been part of Roman's problems. Returning legions were not allowed to enter the city because they feared that they wanted to take over. They get peace in a colony, they get the Roman law, they get trade. They have a currency that everybody understands and intervention inside of need. And Paul says to the Christians in Philippi, you are a colony of heaven. Your citizenship is in heaven. And from there will come your deliverer, your saviour, Jesus Christ. You're not to be living there. It doesn't mean that you're just waiting to go there. It actually means that actually in today's world, where you are now, you have the rights of being a citizen of heaven. That you're going to be a person who is transformed by grace. 
that the fruits of the Spirit will be evident in your life, because that is what is given to those who are citizens of heaven. You will know the peace of God that passes understanding to fill your hearts and minds. And you'll know the difference between good and evil. And there is a deliverer who will come. And how would this work? How was it expected to happen? Well, just as the Roman colonies, peace was guaranteed by the might of Rome, so the Christian life is guaranteed by the power of work within Jesus. That power which establishes all things, that creates all things, and will redeem all things. That ultimate power, which is far greater than any second power. But the question for us today, particularly in the light of the situation in Ukraine, is why don't we see it now? How can you tell to the people of Ukraine that God's power is greater than Putin's? I read one or two observations online of sermons that really were just saying, well, God is mighty, God is great, everything is ultimately all right. I don't think you could preach that in Ukraine at the moment. I think you'd have to say something a bit different. <coughs> it's not that it's not true. It's just you have to see it in a different context. Why is the kingdom of God not made evident among us? Even in our congregation. In its powerful way that sometimes in the Testament suggests we might see. And somebody has observed, I think probably roughly, that human beings are rather frail creatures, you and I. We can't take too much reality all at once. We can't take too much of the kingdom of God all at once. We need it a bit of the time. To learn it, to live it, and to rejoice in it. And when we look at the appalling suffering in Ukraine, we see that in the life of the early church. Christians in Philippi weren't particularly suffering. They were being discriminated against in various ways. But that was a plea-like compared to what was going to happen in some areas. Where Nero would roll Christians in tar and set them alight as lights in the city of Rome. Where Christians would be thrown to the lions where Christians would be burnt alive at the stake. But those were the people who would be reading this letter to the Philippians, read in their assemblies as they suffer horrendous persecution. They and the people of Ukraine would identify with each other. They will know that. And, all we, and what we can do is pray that they may know that all-pervading power, but the ultimate deliverer is Jesus Christ, our Lord. The text for them, as it was for the Christians in the early church, is we expect the Saviour who will deliver. Maybe not now, but later. Because it will be the final Saviour of all, before things are subject to him human powers and dominions that will be rolled up and rolled away. Empires come and go, we've seen it in history. We trust 
that God will be all in all. But we're still called to build the kingdom of God where we can. Where we can in this world, where we can do good, where we can show the love and the grace of Christ. Where we can be that sweet savour of righteousness to the people around us. Not because we're good, but because God is good. Yes, we can do that in the here and now. And the kingdom can be seen in the here and now. But not all. And in times of great persecution, the church has frequently pinned its hope on the future. And ultimately, God will redeem all things. And we need to remember that as well. And in pain and in tears, pray for the people that you pray. But also pray for the Christians in Russia as well, who are so seriously misled about what's happening. <coughs> they too are a largely Christian people, as are the Ukrainians. There are other religions, of course, as well. But they're both probably the greater church-going country than we are. Pray for them, that they may seek that peace which passes all understanding. Because we have to look for a bit of hope of not yet and now. Yes, we see a bit of the kingdom now, but we know it's only going to be perfect in eternity. And so we hold the two in tension, and it can be painful, and it can be difficult. But we have no answer. Simon Armitage produced something of an answer. The air of the siren can't fully use the cathedral bells. Let's call that though. If you had your nationality, or triple nationality, you could exploit that at times, but not in any serious way. At some point you've got to choose. And at some point we have to choose. You can only serve one master. We're so rarely put in the position of having to, as it were, pay back our faith by what we will not do and what we will not obey. But we can lobby our politicians. We can lobby people of influence to say, a Christian sense of this is not what you're doing. And this whole issue of immigrants and, uh, from Ukraine and business is shameful. It's deeply shameful. And the more our political leaders hear us say that, the more likely it is they will realise that yes, it is shameful and something must be done. That, if you like, is the kingdom. At least there's a glimpse of it coming into sight. So let us pray for Ukraine. Let's pray for the Christians in Russia. And let's hold on to the hope that all the air and silence in the world cannot silence the cathedral bells, for they read of the grace of God and his ultimate salvation. Amen.